Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. See, now you won't start trouble. It's a myth created by man in order to control society. I don't, I don't consider Jesus my savior or my spiritual leader. He is a spiritual leader and right. one of the spiritual leaders I learned from. Who is Jesus in Who your opinion? Who was he? Who was Who he? Who was he? was a man. He was a man, okay. Absolutely. Jesus is, in my opinion, yeah. He's everything around here. He's spiritual, everything, earth, water, fire, everything. Jesus is all that's good, all the things that are positive and affirmative in life. Uh, that's Jesus. I believe he's a higher power in the form of a man. Everyone else walking around, there's not another Jesus. There's just one. So, yeah, I believe he definitely did something. Uh, yeah, like on, Jesus like, is not a person. He's not a person, okay? Okay. So do you believe he was a man or just like some higher power or? No, I don't believe in. Don't believe he even no. existed? No. Okay. No. Jesus is um, our savior. Jesus is everything. He's the reason why we live. He's the reason why um, we get to do the things that we do in life. He's my heart and he's what I speak through my poetry, through my work, through my everyday life. That's Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? Have you really thought through that question in your life? If I was to approach you today with a a video camera and a microphone and ask you that question, how would you answer today? moral teacher, Jewish guy, myth, friend, perhaps savior. No matter how you would answer that question today, I would suggest that your answer to that question is shaping your life. Your answer to the question of who is Jesus is shaping your life. You see, what we believe influences and shapes our life. It influences our relationships. It establishes our priorities, and it shows up in all kinds of ways. For example, I believe that peanut butter pie and probably chocolate eclair are the best desserts that you can find at a potluck dinner. And so my belief in peanut butter pie and chocolate eclair causes me to not go to the food line first, but to just make a brief pass by the dessert table to see if I need to stop there first. And I also believe if I recognize my granny's Tupperware that I need to get whatever's inside of that too, right? 
What we believe shapes our life. Some of you believe that the Washington commanders stand a chance this afternoon, so you're going to go home and don that new jersey and watch happily to this afternoon's game. What we believe shapes our lives. Some things we believe don't maybe have huge significance for us. They may not play out in huge impact, but what about some of those things that we believe that do impact our everyday lives? Some of those beliefs we hold on to. Like that belief that if I just had another $1,000 a month, if I could just lean in and work a little bit harder and make a little bit more money, my financial problems would just sail away. How does that belief impact our life? What about the belief that says, if I don't work hard now and try to get good grades, I'll never get into a good college, I'll never have a good job. If I don't succeed now, I'll always be a failure. What we believe shapes our lives. Well, I believe that uh, all my past relationships maybe have just been a, a blip on the map, a, a, a taint on my story, but one day I'm going to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright and, and they will know me intimately and all of my relationship woes will be behind me. If I can get just the right selfie for social, people will like me. What beliefs are shaping your life today? What beliefs are shaping your life? Over the next couple of weeks as a church together, we're going to explore some of the key beliefs of, of the church of the Nazarene, key doctrines, key tenets of the faith, concepts of scripture that shape our life together as the church as well as shaping our lives Individually, together, we want to get a clearer picture of the nature of our faith as the Church of the Nazarene, not just to gain more information, but so that we can know and understand and experience the joy of life in the way of Jesus of Nazareth. I want to welcome you to our new teaching series, What We Believe. Uh, my name is Pastor Jared. I get to serve on staff uh, at the East Rockingham campus, and so I bring greetings to you from Elkton this morning. Uh, we're getting to live out our one church and multiple campuses vision uh, very well today. Miss Amanda got to lead us in worship, and uh, Pastor Adrian is bringing the word there in Elkton today, and I get to be with you. And so we are living out that unity as one church in multiple locations today in just a little bit different way. And so it's a great joy to be with you. My family will be here uh, in, in second service. Uh, to join us, but there's lots of cool stories of, of transformation and hope and healing uh, and some challenge uh, from the East Campus, but know that God is on the move. I'm, I'm getting the group me updates of we even have visitors this morning, and so I'm excited of what is happening in our campus even as we speak. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we have journeyed in step with you uh, through our series, When God Seems Silent. And man, I, I don't know about you, but that was such a powerful series in my life. And having to journey through some of those questions and, and, and look at some of those concepts, it really made an impact in my walk with the Lord when sometimes he seems silent. So today, we're actually going to get to kick off a new series. We're doing it together, and that is called What? We believe. Uh, it, it should come to us no surprise that when we begin a series about what we believe, that we're going to begin with Jesus. We're going to begin with what we believe about Jesus because he is where it all rises and falls. He is where everything begins and ends. 
What we believe about Jesus will shape every aspect of our lives individually, yes, but it will shape our life together as his church. What we believe matters. From the very announcement of his coming, of his birth, what was believed about Jesus has served to shape the lives for generations. Turn with me today to our teaching text, if you will, if you have your copy of Scripture, to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, we're going to begin in chapter 1 at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, the text should be on the screen as well, and as well as in your version notes. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It should maybe jump out to us a little bit today that when Matthew wants to recount the birth story uh, of Jesus that he includes next to no details of the birth itself, right? I mean, it turns out that that was Luke's job in his Gospels where we get some of those details, but rather Matthew is so keyed into, it's so focused in on the theological importance of who this child is. Because you see, Matthew is, is linking this announcement to the fulfillment of the ancient scriptures, the ancient prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah. You see, Matthew understood that, that the details of Jesus' birth, the stable and all of those pieces, they, they were important. But what really mattered was who this child was. Because this child was the Messiah. Born in fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. This child was God born in the flesh. On a mission to save his people from their sins. What about you today? What about you today? What what does your belief in him look like? Does it stop at the mere idea of him being uh, maybe the theme of Christmas? Or does it stop at him being a nice teacher or a good philosopher or perhaps a friend? What about you? To be honest today, for a number of years, I thought Jesus was a figure of sorts quoted by men like me from the front to guide my life, to prevent me from having fun, to prevent me from living the life I wanted to live. That's what I believed about Jesus. I thought I knew. You see, I thought I knew what made for a full life, and I really didn't need Jesus to help me with it. Because I, I, I knew. And so that's what I did. That belief shaped how I lived. Friend, today I, I know, I've experienced the reality that what we believe about Jesus 
changes how we live. The question of what we believe about Jesus demands an answer from every one of us. It demands an answer from you. What do you believe? Let's pray together. Lord, will you come? Lord, impress upon our hearts this question today. God, push away the answers that we think we know and help us, Lord, in the ministry of your spirit to be honest with ourselves. Lord, to to really look in the mirror, to, to look in your face, Lord, and to see what we believe. God, we give you full reign today, full permission. Have your way in our lives as you search our hearts today, God. Speak to us. We want to know you. Not an idea about you, not a myth about you, Lord. We want to know you personally. So come, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So what do we believe? What do we believe as a church? That's part of the question. That's part of the theme of what we're trying to unpack over the next several weeks. So as a church, I just want to unpack a couple key ideas, a key tenets of what it means when we say we are the church of the Nazarene. What it means to believe in Jesus. First, we believe that Jesus was eternally one with the Father. The Gospel of John in the first chapter unpacks this so beautifully for us. Let's look there, if we will, for just a moment. It says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. We believe that Jesus Christ was eternally one with the Father. The author of Hebrews puts it this way in chapter 1, verse 3. He says, the Son is the radiance of God's glory. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's a beautiful truth today, friends. We believe the angel's announcement that Jesus was born, that he took on flesh, he became incarnate by the creative work and the power of the Holy Spirit upon a young virgin named Mary. In being incarnate by the Holy Spirit, he brought together two whole and perfect natures, fully God and fully man. Jesus wasn't half God and half man. No, he was fully God and yet fully man born of the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins. This is the mission that the angel announced at his birth. We believe that Jesus died for our sins. God was intervening in in the human story in a new way. In a new way that we could experience freedom from sin and experience new eternal life in Him. The new way would be through His death on the cross. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 and 9. He says this. He says, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. That while we were yet Sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? We believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins. 
We believe that Jesus rose from the grave, taking on his resurrected body, and that he is now engaged in intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. So, so Jesus didn't come and die and check out. No, he, he's still involved in the story of his people if you'll surrender your life to him. He is making intercession for us. He's bringing about the fulfillment, the restoration of his kingdom of all of creation. Believe that Jesus arose from the grave and he is interceding on our behalf at the right hand of the Father. Now, friends, I, I understand that we could go on all afternoon until the point that you wanted to kick me off the stage and throw me out. But to be brief and maybe most concise, to say this that everything is possible for you in Christ Jesus. But nothing is possible without him. And that's why we're Nazarenes. It begins and it ends in Jesus. What we believe about Jesus matters. It matters as a church and it matters to us individually. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to take a journey looking at a, a few key aspects, uh, doctrines of the church of the Nazarene based on the scriptures. Next week, we're going to seek to understand that in bringing people to salvation, that God has made the first move, that he has acted first in going ahead of us, providing the grace and the power that we need to choose him. God acted first in his grace. Then, then we're going to seek to understand that we no longer need to be slaves to sin, that the sin nature and its destructiveness don't have the final word when we are in Christ Jesus. That he not only forgives us, but he uh, cleanses us and gives us the power to be free from sin. It's the good news of Jesus. And finally, we're going to conclude our series looking ahead with joy. We're going to look ahead knowing that death doesn't have the final answer for those in Christ. For those in Christ, there is a great resurrection, a coming to eternal life in paradise. That's the journey that we're embarking on. And I know at this point, there's probably some of you wondering, so what? So what? What's the big deal about this Jesus stuff anyway? So what? What's the big deal? Why does it matter? What's important? Why is he where it all begins and ends? You see, I don't want to assume today that everyone in the room or viewing online today is trusting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so you might be asking, so what? Friend, I would propose to you today this truth. That the life you are seeking is only found in Christ Jesus. I propose to you today that the life you are seeking, that you are leveraging to find, is only found in Christ Jesus. You see, the truth is, is that we need rescue. We need rescue. We need someone, something to exert power in our lives, to enable us to change, to live differently, to flourish. And friend, that power, that someone is only found in and through Jesus. You see, that's the truth that I was running from earlier in my life. See, because I thought I knew. I, I thought I knew what a good life was. 
To me, a good life was a good job. A good life just meant a nice salary, a house, a wife, a family. And you got to have a boat to be happy, I'm just saying. But you see, I thought that's all it took to live the good life. And friends, that belief is what I followed for close to 10 years of my life. I said, no thank you to Jesus because I knew what I was going after. I knew the goals I had set, and that's how I was living. I did the things I wanted to do. And to be brief and discreet, some parts of that went better than others. But you know what I found? After trying everything I wanted to try, pursuing everything I wanted to pursue, doing everything I wanted to do, you know what I found? Nothing. Nothing. What I found after my years of looking for meaning and fulfillment in those things, I found that they were all empty. Were some of them fun? Yeah. Were some of them good? Yeah. But none of them stood up to the promise at which I believed that they could give me life and fulfillment. They're empty. And what I thought would bring freedom, what I thought would bring the good life, failed to produce either. But God's grace... It was in this church, <laughs> back in that corner, one Sunday over communion. I said, Jesus, take my life. I've done it my way. I want to live into the truth that the life I need is in you. And you know, to be honest, in that moment, it didn't make total sense. I was still wrestling with why everything that I thought was good didn't provide the fulfilling that it was promised. Why it didn't provide the true freedom and affirmation that I was looking for. It didn't make sense, but God was moving and calling me to trust him. To believe on him for true life. Jesus said of himself in John's gospel later on in, in chapter 14, he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Friend, is your heart troubled today? Are you troubled at the pursuit of the good life? The good life that our culture tries to sell us that says, get a job, get the two-car garage, and you've got it. Is your heart troubled today in pursuit of that life? Are you finding empty wells in that life? Jesus goes on there in verse 6. He says, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way, Jesus says. Jesus is the only way to the Father. There's not many ways. There's one, and it's Jesus. He is the truth, and friend, he is the life that you're seeking. 
That's what it means to believe in Jesus. You see, we can't change ourselves. We can make some mighty nice home improvements on ourselves, but we can't ultimately change ourselves. We can't. We can't fulfill those longings in our heart. The longings to belong. The desire that we have to be loved. That somebody would know us intimately and love us anyway. We all have that desire. We were created that way. We want to be successful. We want to feel like our life matters. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We have those longings and we can give ourselves trying to fulfill those things. We can leverage everything we have in pursuit of those things and yet we come up empty-handed. No matter how hard we try, that fulfillment that we're after is just always a little bit more. A little bit farther. If I can try a little bit harder then. See, that's the lie. That's what we believe. That we can find fulfillment in those things. And for all of our investment in those things, for all of our sacrifice, all of ourselves that we give, what we get in return is often emptiness. Brokenness, hopelessness, guilt, and shame. And friends, it's into that space today. At the end of your pursuit, at the hopelessness, at that seemingly empty feeling, it's into that space that Jesus cries out to you and says, I am the way. I am the way, Jesus said. I am the truth and the life that you're seeking for. Believe in me. I am the way, Jesus says. Friends, that's why we say that it all begins and ends in Jesus. We were created for relationship with him. We were made, we were designed to be in fellowship and union with him. And when we try to fill that void with anything but him, we're going down the wrong road. A road of pain and difficulty and hopelessness. My friends, today Jesus is looking into your heart, looking into your eyes and saying, friend, brother, sister, I am the way. have a video that I want us to conclude with that's just a declaration. It can be your declaration today, but this video is just a declaration of, of who Jesus is. Let's watch. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love.
He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. wonder, do you know him? What you believe about Jesus is shaping your life right now. I'm going to ask this morning that you would just uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. There's no magic in that. Uh, it helps us to remove distractions. And I, I ask you in that place, do you know him? You can. That's grace, friends. You can know him. You're not here hearing this message today by accident. God has intersected your story. And he's saying to you, son, daughter, I am the way. Do you know him? Do you know him? Today, if you know in your heart that you've been doing life your way, and you sense that it's, it's time for a change. That you're tired of the emptiness. You're tired of the hopelessness. You're, you're tired of the world's cry for more. 
you can receive him today. And that prayer doesn't have to be complex. It's just got to be sincere. You can make this your prayer. Lord, I've been doing life my way. And I've been wrong. I have sinned and today I want you to rescue me. To save me. To give me new life in you. Friend, that can be your prayer today. And you have new life in Christ. When you look to Him. Do you know him? Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. That we can know you, that there is any way to know you is a miracle of grace and mercy. God, I, I just I pray for that heart that asked the so what question today, Lord. That, Lord, the truth of your word, of your declaration that says, I am the way, Lord, that you would penetrate those hearts, Lord, and bring the life that you can bring, that only you can bring. Lord, we want to live for you. We want to find our fulfillment in you. Come, Lord Jesus. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.